This is Channel 253. In this episode of What Say You? Being aware of how you're breathing and being aware of, of being grateful, being aware of being thankful, being being aware of, of the fact that you really do have more than enough already. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. What say you? Down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life, work, family, and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. Hi, I'm Audrey. And I'm Melanie. What say you? Sister girl, what's going on? I'm back. I am, girl. I'm so glad you're back. I am so glad. Of course I missed you. And you know what? I didn't even... Because you do this all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, over the years. Uh, this time, I missed you more, I think, or in a different way, I should say, because of what's happening in our world now with this uh, COVID-19, coronavirus, I don't know, Miller Lite. I don't know. <laughs> Corona. Oh, <laughs> but you know, this whole, this whole, <laughs> I couldn't help that with this, this whole virus thing was happening uh, after you left and took on a life of its own. Yes. Literally. And um, this is what you came back to. So I really missed you because I was worried about you. You know, mommy and daddy, we, when, you know, you're, you're literally in thousands of miles away in another country. And so continent, it, girl, continent. Another continent. And, and so, yeah, I'm glad you're back. Now, girl. so what was that like for you over there? So over here, we were living the frenzy of this virus and all that people, uh, all how people react. What was going over there for you? Girl, I am so glad you're asking me, which is going to be the focus of our show today. Mm-hmm. And it's me and you. And then, you know, I call my girlfriend Gwen. So she's joining us. Yes. Phillips Coates. What's up, sister? Gwen. Hey, I am so happy to be in the mix today because this is the day the Lord has made and I don't care who has a virus, we will be glad. Amen. <laughs> yes. 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 Any kind of virus. Yes. So Gwen is in, you're in California, right? That's where you, where, where in California yes. are you again, sis? So, so I live in Long Beach, California which is about 20 miles south of Los Angeles in the Los Angeles airport. Uh, We are the second largest city in California. So we are impacted by everything that Los Angeles is impacted by. It's just that we're a little closer to the water and parts of Los Angeles can be inland. Um, So, 
yeah, it's this this is something else. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm happy. So sister, I'm glad you asked me that question when we decided that we wanted to do a show on this. And I called Gwen because she's a spiritual advisor deep and close to my heart because I thought we could have a great conversation today. So to, to answer that question, coming back to this, I am seriously like, what the hell? So what was going on going on over there? Nothing. 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 I, <clears throat> I didn't say nothing. I said nothing. Girl, really? I've been living my entire life in peace and tranquility. I wasn't dealing with a coronavirus frenzy. Mm -hmm. of Matter of fact, I was able to bring back the toilet paper and the paper towels and the hand sanitizer and the mask <laughs> like you told me to. Yes, I did. <laughs> because I did. you told me that people were hoarding stuff. I couldn't believe it. So I just went to the store and bought everything. But no, I've been for the last five weeks, I've been living in peace and tranquility. And so now I come back to this uncertainty, this chaos, this people taking more than their share, mm. this um, yeah, the greed, the um, you know, just just all of that. So I'm I'm, you know, let's break this down for folks and, and see if we can at least on what say you give some sense of perspective and yes. calmness. Okay. So, so y'all just settle down, please. So for <laughs> people that may, this may be the first time they're listening to our podcast, we need to put into context that you've been gone for five weeks on another continent, and that yep. would be the continent of Africa. Yes, and I was and in, Ken in South Africa, Kenya, and Ghana. You were in three different countries on the continent of South Africa, living your best life. Best. And, and nothing about this COVID-19 was impacting you in your movement within no, those countries nothing the the news as it started to grow and heighten then you started to notice where um the the country and at the at the height of everything i was in ghana so ghana started to do their preventative uh methods ahead of time so like wherever you walked into public places, they had you use your hand sanitizer and um, they started putting up literature and stuff like that about, but girl, you know, black people be washing their hands anyway. Well, so see, I, I would just go there. Yeah, thank you for going there. Thank you for going go there. there. I mean, it really. So it, what is this? This is some new stuff that we got to have a national <laughs> pandemic to get people to wash their damn hands. You know, yes. you walk in the kitchen, Gwen, you know what I'm talking about. Your mama be like, Listen, did you wash your hands? Wash your hands? Oh, no, if, if, if you walk in the house at my house, yes. you don't even get to the kitchen. You better wash your hands when you first come in and and they'll dare you to, to die if you walk in the kitchen, touch anything, go in the refrigerator, go in the cabinet. It's just not a cultural thing that happens 
for the most part, in the black community. It's not, and or do you know good and well when we watched Soul Food? Girl, when, yep. When we saw the movie Soul Food for the first time, was it not me? What did I say? What did I say? What did I say? Why are they not washing their hands? Ain't nobody washing their hands yeah, the in the movie. The consulting producers failed mm-hmm. in the Soul Food. Go yeah. back to the movie and watch how she came in the house and she went straight to the kitchen and yes. she did not wash her hands. She didn't. She didn't. Yeah. She didn't. Well, we we have a nastiness that has, uh, it's, that's what the real epidemic and pandemic is, that people are not clean enough. They're not clean enough to care about other people. People that have a cold will sneeze or cough in their hand and then yes. touch something in the grocery store. Yes. They'll, they'll touch the tomatoes and the green peppers and try yes. to figure out which head of cat, cabbage they want. Yes. And they've already, they've been nasty. You know, they'll blow their nose in their hand. They will, uh, you know, it's just a, I know, it's just a lot of things that need to be brought though as nasty as it is, it needs to be talked about and brought to the attention because our children, our grandchildren are seeing this and they're thinking that's norm and there must be something wrong with mama and grandma and them because of the way they're going over the top. Listen, this is the time to be over the top with cleanliness. Well, and I think that um, being over the top is, it, 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 it's if we had been as a society been over the top, all along, we may not have been in this position that we're in right now. Because you know, you've been hoarding hand, hand sanitizer for as long as I can remember. I you got every flavor. I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, for me, and, and let's talk about this. Uh, let's segue into this. Um, let's segue into the hoarding. There, I've been collecting or hoarding. I mean, I'm not going to use hoarding because it. my thing is collecting. Even when before this happened, I would collect, not go wipe out a whole freaking shelf of anything, but I do. I collect hand sanitizer. The ones for the bathrooms, the ones that I always have hand sanitizer hanging off my purse. I mean, that's just who I am. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are like that. You know, my best friend, she's uh, she's always collected the the Lysol hand wipes. and But there is a difference between collecting and having an affinity for, because you may have some OCD in you, which I believe I do. Okay, there, I wasn't going to say that, but now well, you know, we've talked about it. Go ahead, girl. There is a difference between that and what is happening now. Now that... Items like that and other essential items like toilet paper, like food, uh, masks. Now masks are an essential item for our healthcare care workers. So in this time, knowing that something is an essential item and there are many out there who may need it, and in this time, their very life depends upon it. Knowing that and still going into a place and being okay with just taking more than you share. 
well, or take or taking anything if you don't need it. Period. What yeah, was you gonna say, stemming, Gwen? It's it's stemming from another place. Mm-hmm. See, uh, for people like you and me, we want to be clean, and so we are going to have. Uh, I didn't have to run out and buy toilet paper because I buy it all the time. I didn't need to run out yes. and buy sanitizer because I have it all the time. But for these other people, it's coming from a different place. I don't operate from a place of fear. I operate from a place of faith. I believe that God is going to take care of us and we are going to have enough. Mm -hmm. And then you have other people who are operating from a place of, I can make a buck off of somebody else. And so they're buying in large quantities because they are thinking that if, if we get bad enough, people will pay $1,000 for a roll of toilet paper. If things get bad enough, somebody will pay $100 for a bottle of hand sanitizer. And what we have found is that if you're watching the news, you're seeing that people who, um, who try to um, extort people out of exorbitant amounts of money because of somebody else's greed, they are being prosecuted when they're being turned in. There was uh, uh, some people that bought 18,000 pieces of hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. I saw that. They had to get, they, they made some they money made off of it, mm-hmm. but they had to give the rest of it away. Yes. And so, uh, so that's two things. So the other thing is that there is a sense of um, insecurity and lack that is pervasive in our society because there are people, quite frankly, who over their lives know what it is like not to have enough. So they're scared they won't have enough food. They're scared that the water will go bad and they won't have enough water. They're afraid that their children, if they you know, um, are home from school, that they're going to eat all day and that they won't have enough. And what they don't realize is they're making it difficult for other people who are trying to come. There's not this sense of I am my brother and my sister's keeper. And yes. so I'm going to share and share a light. So I'm going to get what I need so you can get what you need. And if we have the right spirit, if one of us runs out, we will help the other person. But that doesn't exist for the most part. Yeah, it's not existing right now in the United States of America. No, it's not. Because of the the leadership that we are, or lack of leadership that we are enduring and the rhetoric of hate that is coming from the top. That's not disputable or indisputable. It's not disputable. And um, it's the reality. So right now you've got people just just living in in greed. So I'm hoping that you know that our, that our listeners are taking to heart what we're saying because we are encouraging a whole different model. I mean, what 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 biblically, Gwen? What scripturally, Gwen? Can you um, offer about these times that? Um, that we're living in that will give people hope. What what say you? Well, I you know, I, I I don't know if I can necessarily give people hope. It depends on where they're coming from. Okay. I can give them hope if their hope is already founded in Christ Jesus. I said this morning on my sermon that if if you have a relationship with the Lord, your gift toward eternal life began on the day that you gave your heart to the Lord. And so your hope in Christ begins on that day. For people who are just now experiencing a desire to uh, be closer to the Lord, 
for many different factors. It could be out of a fear. It could be because somebody they know has become ill or a family member has died recently and now they're called to attention. Now I have to look at this, this life that, you know, I knew it wasn't going to last forever anyway, but I sure would like for it to last forever. So we're looking at things in a different way. The Bible definitely has been speaking about these occurrences, um, all the plagues in the Bible. It talks about, you know, in the last days, these are some of the signs that you're going to see. And it starts with some of the things, mother against uh, daughter, uh, father against son. We've been seeing this happen for a long time where families are killing one another because they don't care enough about one another. This whole fear factor that is um, pervasive, the Bible speaks ag against fear. It says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. The Bible wouldn't even have to say that if we didn't know people were going to be afraid. Listen, when Jesus was in the garden praying and when he got up and, and uh, Judas came and brought the Roman soldiers and Peter cut the man's ear off and Jesus had already told him, you're going to deny me before the cock crows three times. Peter and the disciples got scared. They were afraid and that's why they denied Jesus. And so this fear has been around forever and it will not be going anywhere. And when people are afraid, they hoard. They hoard and don't care about who else does not have. There's a different kind of uh, psychological issue that comes from people who have greed. Mm -hmm. Greed says, I'm out for me and mine and just for me. And I want more, 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 and I'll never have enough. Fear says, I'm not going to have enough, so I better buy all I can now because the world is going to collapse. I believe they're saying that the sky is falling and it's not really falling. Mm -hmm. I believe that the hype is to push everybody into a corner so that the powers that be can do whatever they want to do. And now they've got all of us out of the way. Yes, people are dying, people are getting sick, but I think they have blown this so totally out of proportion. Um, and yeah, it will play out. They're totally making us fearful. And um, yes, I believe uh, in Jesus and I believe in the Bible and, and totally what you're saying. And I also just want to say that I, you know, being at the college and everything, I know I got students and everybody that believe in different stuff and right. different ways. And so I just want to say whatever it is, your Buddhist belief, your Quran belief, whatever your spiritual belief is right now, you got to hold on to that. You know, because what, what you're saying, Gwen, is like, heck yeah, that's what I believe. And so I just want to make sure that people know it's just time to believe right here. Okay. You know what? Mm -hmm. well, but if I could just say that, that all of these different systems that are leading people to where they want to be and all of folks that have a different belief system, they are all still rooted in some, some similar beliefs. So the Buddhists aren't telling anybody to go out there and start hoarding and being afraid. The Islam exactly. uh, is not, the Quran is not telling them to go out yep. there and be afraid. The Jewish Bible is not telling them to be afraid. All of them are, saying, are showing them instances of what happened to people when they operated out of fear. Out of fear. Okay, I got something to say. Louise, what you gonna say? And I'm gonna bring this all together. Bring it together, girl. I 
because this this happened to me. I, you know, I work from home anyway, before any of this started, I've been working for home, from home for almost five years when you calculate it. So I sit up here every single day and specifically these past weeks, I've seen this turn into what yes. it is, this frenzy. I have the news on. I, all the time in the background. And and so anyway, I've seen this culminate into, well, it hasn't even culminated, accumulate into what it is at this moment. And I believe that anybody, because at, at some point, girl, I was out when I, when I called you, Mel, yeah. and was like, girl, bring back the, you know, hand sanitizer and the, you know, the mask and, paper and the mask. And the pa- Girl, can you bring it back? So there I was caught up. Okay. Like tumbleweed. Remember when we used to drive to Pullman yep. tumbleweed. In, the, in the summertime and the tumbleweed, you know, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So I got caught up in the tumbleweed. And one day I'm sitting here like all stomach all twisted up and I'm I'm scared of what's going on with you. I'm scared. Of, uh, that's the day daddy called me. And I'm scared of what's happening with mommy and daddy. I'm just scared. And my stomach is twisted. And then it hit me. And here go the summary. What we all saying. Same thing, different way. You know what? I need to get back to center. Yep. I need to get back to center yeah not get tumbleweeded up in everything all these messages that are coming at me propaganda from the outside i need to get back to center now for me my center is god Mm -hmm. that's my center Everybody else's center can be something else. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care if you atheist. Everybody got a center. You understand? Mm -hmm. So my message is I needed to get back to center. Mm -hmm. My center and my center is God. Mm. And using this time that God has provided us, by the way, this is all happening because of him. Right. So I decided to start focusing more on him than them because mm. I had gotten away from him mm. in that moment. OK, so I would just say to everyone, whatever your center is, your center. I don't care what your religion is. If you don't believe in religion, I don't care. But we all, if your center is you, you, you got a family, you got kids. It, it center is the same as, as, as roots. Okay. Get back, get to that mm. and stick to that. Yeah. And don't get caught up in them. Yeah. Okay. Girl, I'm done with deep. that. Yeah, y'all, y'all gonna need to sit with that while we take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Okay. This is Nate Bowling, Alaska Air MVP and host of the Nerd Farmer Podcast. If there's something I like as much as shaping the minds of the next generation in the classroom, it's travel. I travel for work, I travel for fun, 
I travel just to show up somewhere different in the world for a few days. What I appreciate about Alaska Airlines is that for all that traveling, I earn a mile for every mile flown on Alaska. Not just points or what I spent. It's a true mileage plan in every sense of the word. And Alaska almost always flies directly where I want to go. From SeaTac, I can catch a flight to almost everywhere I want to be in North America without a transfer in Atlanta or Philly that delays me by hours. So if you want to add a leg to your trip, by all means, visit the travel sites. But if you want to fly direct and earn real miles while you do, then do what I do. Book at alaskaair.com. Thank you, Alaska, for your sponsorship of Channel 253. Welcome back, listeners. We are in the midst of this conversation on the COVID-19 virus. And, you know, just so you know, we jumped in the conversation, but we are in um, (laughs) mid-March. And I just got back from from Africa. Hi, girl. Yeah, it's March. It's uh, March 22nd. So we passed mid. We we don't know when this is going to air, but, you know, the conversation is still relevant. I just came back from Africa and I didn't have much experience at all with the virus. And and just before we get deeper, I'm just going to say I was a little ticked off that even when I came back in the country and I thought that they were going to stop me at the border or have some immigration questions for me girl they was just like let me in girl oh oh you can tell okay please just can you give a (laughs) a brief overview of that story because i was hollering because all of the all of this hype frenzy and everything you got to say what happened when you came back with immigrations i was gone for a month and so all I heard was, it's going to be hard to get in America. And they got the borders closed and da 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 So I was prepared. I had all of my energy ready. I landed in, um, I came from Dubai. I went from Accra to Dubai, Dubai to Seattle. I landed in Dubai. And I got to the, to, to the station where the Border Patrol people was. And they said, uh, are you bringing back any, do you have any vegetables or something, something? I said, no. And then he said, um, "Where?" you know, first he said, well, where you been? I said, I've been to South Africa, Kenya, and Ghana. What were you doing there? I said, hanging out. <laughs> he said, oh, okay. <laughs> But didn't ask me no more questions. I just said oh, hanging out. Hanging out. Okay. We good said, with that. Um, do you have any vegetables and seeds? I said no. And then he said, Do you have uh more than ten thousand US dollars? I said ha! <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> and he he was like, I'll take that as a no. <laughs> and then he said, welcome home, Miss Cunningham. Oh, my gosh. I'm there looking at him like, oh, my gosh. Damn it, I want you to ask me some more questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you, you don't look like a terrorist. Oh my you God. don't look like somebody that's going to bring something nasty bring into something back. <laughs> and, then, and then I got downstairs with my luggage, right? My luggage arrived, and I'm going through. And I now had, this is SeaTac. This is SeaTac. This, this is at SeaTac. Yeah. Okay. And I'm coming through the luggage now. That's uh, customs, I think. 
and I got my three pieces of luggage and, and the brother rolled up for me and he was like, what's in the bag? I said, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then- You're trying to go to jail. Right. He said, what's in this bag? And he happened to point to the one that I had to pay $200 extra, right? Because I was trying to, trying to get my uh, carry-on on and then they stopped me in Ghana and made me check the bag. So that was $200 extra. So I let off on him. I said, that's the bag with $200. This got my makeup in there. They made me pay that money. He looked at me like, oh God, this is the angry sister right here. He says, I like your luggage going through. <laughs> <laughs> no, your luggage is pretty. <laughs> oh my goodness! And yeah, that you might not want to tell that. You might want to tell not want to tell that story because people will pick up off of that, and that's how they'll be getting into the U.S. Yeah, your <laughs> luggage is pretty. Yeah, but that was I was angry. I mean, I was I can't say like really mad, but I was ready, and nobody took my temperature. Oh, they, nobody took um, your temperature. Oh. They didn't take my temperature at all. I feel that girl. You be having hot flashes too. They should have taken your temperature. What would happen if you had a hot flash when they? I was nervous about that actually because I was like, "What if they take my temperature when I'm having a hot flash?" Mm. And then they'll think. But but anyway, anyway, it was it was so easy coming back to America that it just made me think how you really have to filter the um, the news propaganda and what's being Mm -hmm. fed to us. You know, mm-hmm. so that was a um, that was definitely a wake up call. But girl, let's get back to your being centered because before we went to break, you made some profound statements, and I know that um, that maybe you had some follow up, and then Gwen wanted to weigh in on that. Yeah, you know, I, I I really did. It was a again sitting here working from home every day, uh, watching this story unfold every day, every day, every day. And then again, in se- with self-awareness, recognizing my behaviors of I'm calling you, I'm calling mommy, I'm calling daddy. I'm, you know, I'm in it. I'm all up in it to the point of, you know, stomach boiling and, you know, all of that. And, and so then the revelation came of my getting back to center, my center. I need to get back to my center because when, for me, uh, I am at my best and most at peace when I am at my center, which is God, who is God. And yeah, that, that's what I was talking about. Gwen, what do you think? So I think that a lot of people don't understand this centering or this seeking God or this knowing that there is a protection a guard around us, a, a force that's bigger than us. And so I just want, because it was stated earlier that people from different perspectives are having, um, are listening in to this podcast. And I just wanted to say to people um, find a center for yourself. It, it starts as easily as sitting in a chair, sitting on the floor, you know, having nothing in your hands, putting your feet flat on the floor, 
closing your eyes or keeping them open, but being aware of how you're breathing, being aware of how you're breathing and being aware of, of being grateful, being aware of being thankful, being, being aware of, of the fact that you really do have more than enough already. And so if we could just find that place, you know, we, I, as a minister of the gospel and a bishop in the Lord's church, a lot of times I will go straight to, you know, let's believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and all of that. And I realize that does not work for everybody. I'm also a chaplain with the police department. So it brings me back in and brings me to a place where I know that I need to respect that other people just don't know what we're talking about mm -hmm. or what they have learned comes from a different perspective. It doesn't make anybody's any better or any worse. It's just the path that people have chosen. But centering, we can all find a way to do that. Take a few minutes out of each day when you feel yourself feeling like you are just overwhelmed. You can start thinking about goodness, think about love, think about people you love, whether they're still here or not. You can think about the air that's going outside, that's passing by. You can think about rain coming to cleanse us. So there are just so many different ways of centering. And I wanted to be certain that I said that so people wouldn't think that we were one-sided, but that we would be respectful of all different faiths. Yes, yes. That At, at the end of the day, that that is it. And that is all. And can you imagine a world? And this is what I'm hoping will come out of all of this, because this too shall pass, right? We know that. We know that. It always does. It always does. And what I'm hoping that comes out of all of this is that if nothing else, the lesson is learning how to be centered because mm -hmm. can you imagine a world where everybody walks out every day in their center walking in their center whatever that is to them there yeah, can be what, yeah that's what peace is that's peace that's peace you know? that's kindness that's, that's love yeah that's that, so that, it, that's all of that yeah and it has to be intentional so when we say that we've been through stuff before, we've never been through anything like this before. We say this. we, but we say we have been through things before and we will get over this. I am hopeful that we will not come out of this and forget all of the promises and the bargain that we made when we were in this. You know, I, I tell the story of me going on a roller coaster and saying to God, God, if you let me off this roller coaster, I'll never go again. And when it stopped and I realized I was still alive and it really didn't hurt me that bad, guess what I did? I bought another ticket and got back on the roller coaster. And so if we call this coronavirus the worst coronavirus, the worst roller coaster ride we've ever been on, and then we tell the Lord or whoever we want to talk to, as soon as I get done with this, I'm going to be a totally different person. But we don't. We go right back to the way that we've been behaving. We go back to the greed. We go back to the selfishness. Then we have defeated the whole purpose. We should learn from everything that we experience in life. And this is a time to be intentional about how we want to be on the other side of this. Well, yeah. I'm going to say you got that right. And I'm just going to inject in here because this is uh, your roller coaster story reminded me of my weed story, Mel. <laughs> Remember? You know what I'm saying? I, I told God if he ever got me in my right mind, 
That you would never smoke weed again. That I would never do that again. Yeah. And I have not. And you kept true to that too. I kept true to that. I okay. sure did. Anyway, I know so that, that was a anyway, little off topic. <laughs> but um, but look now, but, but I wanted to uh get to though, sissy, in the few minutes that we have left, is that there has been a shift in workplace um mm-hmm. protocol. Yes. And how work is done now. Yes. And this whole working from home is new for a lot of people. And like you referred to earlier, mm-hmm. you've been doing it for five years. Yes. And I just want to say that I was part of uh, the governor's task force in the 90s when they were doing the commute chip reduction, uh, the whole beginning of that, where um, I worked from home back then as like one of the prototypes. So <clears throat> this this ain't new, but you are like the queen mm-hmm. of working from home. So I, what what tips can you share with people now, sis? You know, what say you about working from home? Okay, you know, I got a lot to say about that. And you're right. Um, I, and, and let me just put this disclaimer out there. Uh, this works for me. Uh, everybody's different, Right. The And I have been doing this because I've been blessed with a company that has allowed me to do this for the past, uh, it's almost coming up on five years this year. Um, the first thing I realized is where's your workstation? And your workstation is not your bed. Get up. Okay, get up you must have a designated workstation and it must be set up somewhere that is pleasant to you. For me, it has to do with lighting. There has to be light. I got to be, you know, looking at the outside cause you inside all the time, right? So if you can, if you have somewhere in your home where you can set your workstation up that is outside of your bedroom, then let's do that and and bring bring in light. The second thing I learned early on, there must be a transition. And when I say transition, you can, there must be a specific transition from getting up out of bed to starting your work, just like it would be if you were going into the office. Change your clothes. Now, no, for real. Because the first week or so, honey, I was in my, I would just come downstairs in my pajamas. But it's all about setting the right mindset. So you don't wear your pajamas to work, right? If you're going into an office, so change your clothes. I have my um, my regular work outfit, which are some type of sweatpants, some type of t-shirt. And then I have my work blazer in the wintertime, which is a robe that I put on top because I'm trying to save money on my heat. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) But you got to change your clothes. Wash your face and brush your teeth. Do that. Do all of that readiness that you would do if you were going to go in somewhere. The next thing is... You have to be even more, you have to be hyper-focused 
on your timeliness. So you're working from home, which means that you're gonna have these virtual meetings. Always be the first one there. Be the first one there. Be the first one who logs on in the morning, okay? Hyper-focused on time, I would say. And nobody told me to do that. That's just me. Because I want to be sure that my work-from-home presence is as efficient and effective as if I were in the office. I ain't strolling in the office at 8.05 if I'm supposed to be there at 8. I'm going to be there by 7.45. That's me. So again, your online presence should be as effective and efficient and punctual as if you were going into the office. My next thing is look. Now, this is, the, this is on the other side of it. Make sure you take a break, breaks, take a lunch. Don't just sit there all day. Because it's very easy when you're working from home for time to be like, well, I'm here. They're letting me work from home. I, I ain't got all I got to do is go to the cabinet for lunch. Yeah, that could be true. But take a break because that refreshes you and will energize you and, and make you even more productive. So take a break sometimes. Don't, don't forget that. And the last thing is that working from home really means work. You got to work. Make your deliverables. Make sure you, you can't just be chilling. You can't just be chilling at the end of the day. You're under the current circumstances. There are many more people working from home than before. So this ain't a holiday, it ain't a party, it's still work. That's all I got to say. But girl, that's good. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think people needed to hear that. Cool. I really, I really did. I, I like the, the Audrey-isms on that because people, I know some people, ooh, I'm working from home. That's yeah. like work. You better work. You better work. You better work. And you I mean, better know they measuring pro productivity right now. Oh, I and forgot this, one thing. I'm sorry. And this work. one is this is an archeryism, and it has served me well. And nobody asked me to do this. And I think that somewhere in my OCD, this is what it is. However, I keep oh, a yeah. notebook. You keep a notebook. I mean, like an old-fashioned, you know, spiral-bound notebook. And I got now about seven or eight of them. Seriously. I keep a notebook of notes. I can go back and tell you, if you asked me, what did I do? What did my date work day look like this time three years ago? I could find it. I can give you an overview of it because my notebook carries I, I take notes of the like the, you know, on the conference calls that I have any webinars that I attend if I have one-on-ones anything that I did that day I, I can give you an overview of who I talked to and whatever and this is just me and the reason I started doing it was because 
when you work from home, I mean, your day can be, I mean, seriously fast, but I wanted a sense of accomplishment. It gives me a greater sense of accomplishment. Yes, I can look at my calendar and see what meetings I had. Yep, I can do that. But also all those in-betweens, you know. So I started keeping notebooks to give me a sense of what did I accomplish that day? And it's strictly for me. And I can't tell you how many times that has come in handy, my notes, because when did we talk about that? Da, da, da. Oh, hold on, let me go back and tell you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you wanna keep some, and I call mine a notebook, a journal, work from home journal, whatever. I, I think it's a great idea because it helps you see that you don't have to be in an office space to be the, uh, the best and most productive. Mm-hmm. That's good, girl. So listen, we gonna <clears throat> need to like circle this and wrap it up. So I'm thinking like we're talking about the COVID-19 and all the impacts on us and the changes that we've had to make. So let's like round robin and say, what do we say to our audience about this special time in our history? You know, what what kind of encouragement do we want to leave um, or insight do we want to give? Um, let's go with Gwen, what say you? So I would say that as contagious as COVID-19 and the coronavirus is, that hope is more contagious. Love is more contagious. Yes. Kindness is more contagious. So if we take a little time out of each day and reach into the lives of somebody that we love and just show some love and concern, you may not be able to get out of your place and go see about them, but it will bring a smile to their face. And I guarantee you, they'll want to get up in the morning, wash their face and brush their teeth and put on some (laughs) clothes so that when you call, they have a bright outlook on life, which is going to really make a difference. Thank you for having me today. Amen. Oh, thank you for being with us, Gwendolyn. And you know what? We, um, I, I really don't know that we introduced you properly but can you, you have a strong connection to Tacoma and your work is brilliant. Maybe just tell our audience a little bit about um, you and what your work is and how they can find you. So I am Gwendolyn Phillips Coates, known as Pastor Gwendolyn or Bishop Gwendolyn or Mama. <laughs> and um, I have lived in the Washington, Seattle, Washington area for 12 years from 2000 until 2012. Um, I have worked for um, hospice. I am also an author. I have done a lot of women's conferences up in that area and still come back to do a group called Sisters Speak Up and Be Healed, where we allow the voices of women to talk about things that we've been through so that it heals other people. And so um, I'm just excited to be invited back to a place that I love with people that I care about. And your son, Philip, who is just awesome, lives yes. in, he lives in University Place. He's in the 253. Right. And so, yes. yeah, I just appreciate you so much. You are awesome. And thank you for joining us today with your wisdom. 
Absolutely. Thank you. And sister, what's your parting words on the COVID-19? Girl, I want to go last. You go. Oh, you want me to go? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm just going to say love more. Okay. This is a, this is a recalibration, you all. This is what's happening. You know, it's ordained biblically and in all other places. I, you know, I just believe this in my heart and God is in control. So I'm not going to be in a friend. I'm not in a frenzy about anything at all. Nothing. I'm taking the precautions that I need to, but I'm not scared. I'm not living in a scarcity mindset. You know, I'm doing what I, I'm looking at all the rules that the governor put out, trying to figure out what I can do, you know, instead of what I can't do. So um, I'm just saying, y'all, just, you know, just, just love more and use this time to center yourself as we talked about earlier. That's it. That's all for me. And I'm going to say as we part that remember this too shall pass. Yes. Remember, find your center and remember most of all, Musty people need love too. <laughs> Peace out. Drop the mic. Audrey Louise, cut it down. Yes. Okay, I'm done with you, girl. Drop the mic. Boom. Peace. Boom. Thank you for listening to What Say You. If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at Melanie at MissMelanie.com M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to AlaskaAir.com The What Say You podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, and We Art Tacoma. This is Channel 253.